Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's interesting. We were talking about um, federal support for farmers and uh, whether it's going to help or not. And hey, as we... as we said and as the guest said and as all of the critics who have been talking about this have said yes it'll help it'll help basically we're talking about increasing um the uh the payments to once up front rather than twice but you know but it's not perfect it is anything perfect this is a step forward but there's lots more that needs to be done whenever we talk about this situation uh, i get a lot of texts from uh, we have a lot of farmers that listen and, and i love you and i appreciate you texting in uh to point out the fact that you know what things are really really bad and for a number of reasons. you got fuel costs, fertilizer costs, herbicide costs, and then we get the text from the listeners saying, you know what, bottom line is we've got, we got a drought anyway. You heard it. Two this morning coming in from southern Alberta saying, we're putting seed in and we don't even know if anything's going to grow. Um, for, you know, in, On top of all of the increased cost, um, they're dealing with that as well. You know, we were talking about all the snow in Calgary yesterday, right? There's the big snowstorm. Uh, I got a text from a listener saying, I'm a farmer south of Lethbridge, and I would love snow like that. It is so dry. Drought-like conditions persist. And um, we remember what happened last summer with the drought, the wildfires that it sparked in BC. This is all one long drought. It's gone on for some time now in Western Canada. And we're going to talk about that with Margot Hurlbert, who is the Canada Research Chair in Climate Change, Energy and Sustainability at the University of Regina. Margot, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Good morning and thank you for having me. You know, this current conditions and like I said just this morning getting texts from farmers down around the Lethbridge area down around the U.S. border saying you know we've this drought is just it hasn't ended we're really worried about what it's going to look like this is one long drought right it's been going on for some time now it has and the mega drought it's not only occurring here in Alberta and Saskatchewan but in the United States Midwest and in Chile Argentina and some of South America, where we're connected in our weather patterns by our ENSO, our La Nina and El Nina. Um, what do they call it, a once-in-20-year event? Is that what we typically would see a situation like this arise? Yes, so we're in many areas in a once-in-20-year event that has significantly impacted our economies. Even this past week, our premier here in Saskatchewan, Scott Moe, identified the drought as the reason Saskatchewan's GDP didn't perform as well as anticipated last year. Um, it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but these 1 in 100 year floods and fires and 1 in 20 year droughts, they seem to happen a little more often than 1 in every 100 or every 20 years. It seems like that window is getting shorter. It is, and the Intergovernmental Panel for Climate Change released its report last summer, and it dropped a red flag about climate change, saying that droughts that used to occur in regions once every 10 years are projected to incur in an increasingly frequent manner uh, on the trajectory of climate change that we're heading on to be more than four times a decade. So what used to be once every 10 could be as frequent as four times a decade. 
And, I mean, there's all kind of evidence with what we saw last summer in B.C., all the rest. It seems like we're well on our way down the path, and mitigation needs to be something that we're, we're talking about. What should we focus on? You know, where do you see big changes coming for the way we operate, you know, all kinds of industry, but specifically agriculture uh, in Western Canada? Yeah. Um, power production and transportation are huge. And as we can see, we've got electric vehicles and hydrogen cell uh, vehicles coming into the fore, which will impact agriculture as these technologies take over our agricultural uh, in, um, vehicles, right? So that's kind of separate and apart. But within the agriculture industry, it's increasingly uh, being seen as important to have soil store carbon. And to do so, there's a whole bunch of great ways that, that can help with this that the federal government's starting to put dollars behind. And that's always been the problem is the public benefits of certain things like wetlands haven't been recognized and paid for because uh, they're public. So farmers have had to take on burdens that are uh, public when they're having a hard time meeting their balance sheet and making a profit and being expected to do things that aren't paying their their costs directly. Um, so what do we need to do? It seems like we're very reactionary. It, it seems like a lot of what we do is sort of, we're going to respond and we're going to support those affected and, and then we might make some changes after the fact. Do we need to get out in front of some of these events? Like you say, we, we can see the writing on the wall and we can see what's happening. Are there things we can do ahead of time? Absolutely. So instead of reacting to a drought as an, an emergency, we're increasingly getting into anticipatory policies and practices that prevent uh, large-scale damaging drought. And that's kind of where we need to go with this. So thinking even historically, we prevent dust storms by having shelter belts and a variety of uh, mechanisms that prevent what happened in the dirty 30s, right? So we need to revisit, well, what is it that we need today? Because things have changed dramatically. The seeds, the drought-tolerant crops, uh, everything has changed. So we're not, it's not the same as the 1930s. We're in a new reality. And what does that look like on the ground for preventing uh, wide-scale drought? And what can we do? Are those are, are are we doing any of those things that you're talking about? I mean, we, like you say, we know that uh, the situation is at hand, and we know what we can do. Is that happening on a large enough scale? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's some great uh, things that are happening with uh, grazing patterns that helps protect soil and carbon in soil and our grasslands that ranchers have been doing forever and are improving year by year. Cover cropping is something, and of course, mintil has happened. So we've really made strides in, in adapting to what has been a drying climate uh, in the American and Canadian Midwest area. So these things need to uh, be upscaled, so to speak, so that that all agricultural producers can benefit and access these types of technologies. Um, you mentioned water in the piece that I read, and I think, you know, obviously it becomes more and more important as we go through periods that we're going through right now. Are we doing enough to protect our water? That's something that I think we've talked about before, and there's, you know, I've even heard people talk about the next world war is going to be fought over water. Um, are we doing enough to be protective of our water that we do have? 
Yeah, water is a fascinating, it's a fascinating area. Water quality is so important to our communities and to uh, all of the people living in these lands. And we're getting better and better. So the 4R Nitrate Agricultural Management Program, it has existed for quite some time. And federal government and the provincial governments are starting to put money behind implementing it. And it's really important because it reduces the phosphorus and nitrogen that's on our lands that gets into our water. So this is increasingly important, not just for reducing emissions like nitrous oxide and all the greenhouse gases, but for reducing costs. And the studies have shown that it does reduce costs dramatically for agricultural producers as well as mitigate. So these programs and practices are increasingly being taken up and increasingly the governments are providing support and funding for that. Uh, and the other one I wanted to ask you about is soil. Um, are, we, are, we, are we protecting our soil? I know that's just as important, right? Oh, yes. And increasingly the federal government has a task force looking exactly question. The Canadian Council for Academies will be releasing a report where we're looking at, well, how much can forests and soil and wetlands, how much carbon can they absorb and how much can they take on of Canada's commitments to reduce greenhouse gas emissions into the future? And what exactly can we achieve net zero in the agricultural industry itself by using carbon that's captured and stored in soil and recognizing its contributions to people and valuing it enough that it becomes a profit center for farmers into the future. Right. Yeah, exactly. Great discussion. Uh, Margo, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That is Margo Hurlbert. Margo is the Canada Research Chair in climate change, energy, and sustainability at the University of Regina. And, yeah, I mean, just I, I get the text from uh, all the listeners. Uh, you know, down south it sounds especially bad, like uh, the drought-killing conditions, and they've been going on for some time. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens this year.